Hey there, everybody. Uh, this episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, perhaps an online store, for a free trial and 10% off of your first purchase. You know where to go, squarespace.com, and use the offer code Probably Science. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. I am Matt Kirshen. I am back in Andy Wood and Jesse Case's backyard with Andy Wood and Jesse Case. Yes, you are. Hello. Uh, we are. I don't know what. Well, I don't know what I was about to say. We are here. <laughs> here. We are here. We're we'll talking about science. Get used to get it. Get used to it. Get yeah. used to it. <laughs> get used to it. Recovering from the weekend party. Yeah, we had a little pool. pool had a little pool get party together in the, last we, minute here at the party. here at the ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Having some having some issues at Bluebell Ranch. We're as having always. a lot of issues. There's always issues here. This, this is a it's a Faustian bargain we struck when we moved in here. We got to move out. We, we just have we, to. We kind of do. We have to move out. You <laughs> should never leave this place, guys. See, I know. I'm just a guess. You say it, that Shangri La. That's the voice of Jordan Brady. Hey there, everybody. It's also the voice of the devil on my shoulder whenever I consider moving. It's like, you love it here. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, our guest today is the director of I Am Comic and the recently released I Am Road Comic, not to mention uh, a stand-up comic, um, and a very good guy all around, Jordan Brady. Thanks for having me, guys. But it's not just, we don't have one Brady. We, you could argue that we have almost a bunch of them. Is, is that a borderline, we, borderline, bunch. A borderline Brady bunch? We also have Ben Brady here. Hey guys, thank you for uh, being th- here. Thanks for having me, allowing me to join. Of course, of course. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you for containing ben your disdain my, at the, ben at is the my Brady son, bunch. The offspring. To, to both the listeners, that uh, Ben is my youngest. He's 18 years old. Just got out of high school. Talented rapper. Really, backflipper. You name well, it, he does it. Professional. So we're hanging out Whoa. this summer, and thanks for letting him. Uh, I didn't realize you dropped ill rhymes. He this is spits mad flow. Well, on, on that subject, <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, we always ask because you know we we'd like to at least keep to vague scientific ideals. We're we're very much not scientists ourselves. We have some background in it, but let's face it, we're inept. But uh, we we adhere to the scientific method. We like corrections. We like clarifications. We like it when people peer review our podcast and we got some rap information wrong last week we we Good well stuff i take stockholm. a bit of issue with that but right. i'll talk after okay we're gonna defer to a guy from stockholm on the history of gangster rap just yeah. to be clear okay the, us three like, like yes. four white guys uh said something about rap but we've been corrected by an even whiter guy yes i presume gustav from stockholm i presume is about as white as they come uh he says, last week you discussed the history of gangster rap on the show. I'm no scientist, so I can't correct you on any of the science stories, but I am an amateur rap music historian. That's uh, a job. Wow. <laughs> amateur rap history. Wait, where do I get one of those degrees? I don't know. Well, I'm hoping he goes Stockholm. pro within the next few years. Yeah, surely you got to go pro. Uh, he said, you refer to Enter the, the 60... Uh, enter the 36 Chambers as the first gangster rap well, it's album. it's Enter Wu-Tang. It's the 36 Chambers. Uh, and this is, in fact, not true. The first real gangster rap song is, according to most books I've read, School E.D.'s 1986 track, PSK, What Does It Stand For? It stands for Parkside Killers of Philadelphia Street Gang, by the way. California rapper Ice-T released the track Six in the Morning later the same year, a track heavily influenced by PSK and created the West Coast gangster rap style later made famous by Ice Cube, Snoop Doggy Dog, and Cypress Hill, amongst others. Keep it science. 
Gustav from Stockholm. Thank you, Gustav. I didn't know Thank about you, I didn't know about six in the morning. Is that why there is that like double the echo of that line in um, many songs? In uh, is it gin and juice? No, yeah, wait, gin and juice. Six in the morning. Six in the morning. Is that was like a callback There's to a this sublime song where they say six in the morning? Oh, okay, right. I mean, it's a reference yeah. to that Ice yeah. T track. I I still like. I'm not I, Gustav. I don't mean to argue here. All right. I I um. I think I, I guess it's possibly a semantics issue on what you would consider gangster rap because I I wouldn't consider it referring to gangs or talking about like even See, as even, a Brit I consider gangster rap any music made by Americans sure sure <laughs> and yeah no I I definitely also think that Ice T he took the credit no nobody knows about rap or nobody knew about rap from Philly back then I thought I mean. I mean, I, I'm but not too big on the, the Philly rap, but absolutely. The, the conversation we were having last week, though, is when did it get grandiose as opposed to just singing about the struggle? Right. Oh, that was my question. Yeah, just because I've always thought it sort of should theoretically should be off-putting when your uh, main thrust of your music is about how well off you are. Like which, theoretically, that should be something that. Although, then again, that's not true because then, right. So PSK sure, is still it's still problems, not about right? gold bars and shit. It's still about the ghetto. Yeah. So it's it's gangsta in the sense that it's violent. I mean, you could say that about like cop killer or whatever, but it's like that's still not you're not you're not rapping about like your Lamborghini and your hot tubs in yeah. the mentioned Lamborghini. Yeah, that's but I would consider that right. That's not what I would that's not my that's not the rubric to which I would apply. <laughs> yes, yes. I agree with what you're saying. This you know, is all if semantics. Any, if any of the rest of you have any comments or uh, questions about this, remember to write into probablysites at gmail.com and mark your envelope with gangster. <laughs> yes. We're looking for a rubric to which uh, we can apply to gangster rap. I guess right. that's right. a first right no, here. I'm I ta- want to applaud you guys. I'm taking the hit on this. I, I assume then that I, I was speaking more of grandiosity in rap, but I... Um, you used the word gangster rap. I used the word gangster him... incorrectly, I'm sure. Mm. I'm sure. But grandiose in, in rap went back to the MCs battling like even the Sugar Hill Gang talked about you know they put butter on their breakfast toast that uh, they, uh-huh. that's in a way grandizing is that the word I think unless yeah. also you labeled yourself as gangster rap I mean obviously people which I associate, do by the way yeah we all people, do we all associate certain things with gangster rap but I know NWA was big in calling themselves gangsters so sure so that it was easily correlated you know that they were gangsters rapping but yeah it's it's it's, i'd say and we can all agree it's difficult to uh to figure out who the first person to do a lot of things is um which raises a question i'd like to ask our guest today uh there it is (laughs) here we go um this just went out my mic just went out what was that Uh oh did it has mine gone out it's back now yeah nothing's lost we're good uh, yes so I was a child of Comedy Central. I was a big fan of the early days, and you couldn't turn on Comedy Central in the early '90s and not see Jordan Brady. You were all over there. I I did a lot of stand-up comedy shows. Yeah. In the '80s and early '90s. Can I confess? I used to confuse you with Bill Hicks. You used to confuse me with Bill Hicks. You guys had a what similar a look. Flattering comparison. Do you know? You, you, but more in you look, can't not see not that. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. but I was. Yeah, we both have a cherub-like face. Similar blazers. Sure, he had dark hair. I had blonde hair. The same eyes. You I really would, never heard say. anybody. No one ever. Yeah, 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 yeah I heard said. that one. Okay, I heard that one. Different politics, different pancreas. But other than that, 
Ouch. Um, but where I was going with this is I just learned something from Wikipedia today, so it must be true. Uh, did you or did you not invent bow chick bow wow? I, I did. This is true. You literally were the first person. You invented the bone chicken. Wow, wow. for, yeah. for uh, it, it was in a book. Even. It was in a book. I want to say Judy Brown wrote the comedy Bible or okay. there's a couple of books out there on stand up and she talked about euphemism. And my father I, would read it to me before bed. And it wasn't until I was about 11 when I saw an axe commercial. Where some dude was on a cliff spraying himself all sure. over, and then he goes, bow, chicka, wow, wow. I was like, Dad, they stole your idea. And all these girls come flocking in and hop on this guy with some new chocolate thing. And right. girls really hate the smell of chocolate. But other than that, I found out that <laughs> somebody stole my father's joke. So my my life goal is to, to revenge. And, and <laughs> Yeah. Be wow. really Thank you, son. hard to track down murder. Like there yeah. seems to be no motive. <laughs> very confusing words Assholes. scribbled on a note left by the corpse. Yeah, I did. I did a bit about analogous to in Jaws when you heard that dun 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 dun, you knew the shark was on his way. He was going to eat someone. Uh-huh. Right, and that in pornographic movies when you heard you knew that that's when the sex was going to happen. This is an era when pornography you know the pre-internet era sure I'm yeah, doing yeah. A bit. pornography had somewhat of a setup it had a loose premise like a first act before the sex totally they just started hiring the guy to be the cable guy to come in at the yeah. right time All but right. it was the wrong Chicka time wow wow yeah. Yeah. it wasn't like just gonzo like there was some semblance of a reason for the person to be yeah yeah the housewives alone chaos. well now it's you you click i mean i i surf Porn now for research purposes. By the way, sure. you can get sure. yeah, to on update some, that bit. some porn to update the bit, but on some porn sites, you can actually sub- pay a subscription mm-hmm. to get bonus features. Like one of them had. I didn't know that was a thing you could outtakes. Do. Wait, what are you talking about? You porn can... bloopers. Like, do I really want to see porn bloopers? Yeah, yeah that's not. Are, nice. are you saying some people have paid for pornography? Before? <laughs> yeah. What kind of this is? I'm hard kind of loser. A, <laughs> what kind of era? What kind of loser would? Spend their <laughs> I say support the seventeen or eighteen dollars a month on porno. <laughs> kind of jackass would support uh, the art, support your hardworking uh, pornographic artists mm. and your hardworking podcasters as well. You can donate to our show. <laughs> wow, he's good. I yes. know, right? He's good. Uh, if you go to propertyscience.com, there's a donate button. Uh, we really like it when you donate. It helps us keep the show running, helps us keep giving it to you. And on that note, we have someone to thank as well. Oh yeah, uh, Adam Rostan from Scottsdale. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Thank you Adam. very much for donating. We appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah, if you go to propertyscience.com, uh, click on the Donate tab, and you can uh, chuck us some money. That really helps us. And also, if you're buying anything from Amazon, click on the Amazon tab and just click through there to the website. It costs you no extra money, but it helps kick us a little bit of cash back. So thank Absolutely. you very much, everyone, who does that. I love the way you say Amazon. Amazon. It's brilliant. And, yeah. and it's relaxing. Obviously... Okay, okay. We tried to do an extra mixer to get more mics, and we had to abandon that because the second mixer is not the best. You know what? We could, our we power could, has been going out for a week. Our power has been... Let's week. blame the power. Yeah. Well, or no. our equipment. Or the equipment. Or you the know equipment. what would help us buy new equipment? <laughs> I going to say. Donations. <laughs> Donations do help us. Um, so we didn't get to this yet, but um, I, I met you through your through the filming of the second most recent documentary you did, I Am Comic. Correct. You were... Uh, how do I say it? You're the curator, one of the founders, the force majeure 
mm. of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Still like one of the favorites. I know it's turning five this year. Turning eight next eight, year. Eight next year. I was close. Yeah. And it was in the sophomore outing of the festival. Yes. I went up and filmed a bunch of people. Uh, Todd Glass was up there. Sure. Chris Hardwick. Um, you and I met. Who else was up? Nikki Glaser. I discovered Nikki Glaser. I've still never seen the film, but I've heard she has. She doesn't she take you on a tour of the comedy condo? She gives a tour yeah. of the comedy condo in after Bridgetown. We went to Florida right. where she was a middle act at the Improv. Nikki was Nikki middle for me once. She was everyone's favorite middle act until she got too successful and good to be featuring for everyone. Anyone? Oh, she's a headliner. Yeah, but like she was great. She's everyone loves Nikki. Yeah, she's yeah. super funny and super nice. Even Chris Hardwick loves Nikki. I just saw. Her on the midnight. Oh, She's been on at midnight, midnight with Doug. With Doug. Well, they've Doug. they've worked together. I think. Uh, Wait, was she your year of last comic? Several times. No, she, she was, was on. Yeah, she was. Uh, she's been a semi finalist twice, and it was like the year before me, and then two years after me. Oh, okay. How was your experience on that show? It was fine. You know, I it, you it, I've talked about this before, but it only you only really have a retrospective experience. Because when it's happening, everything's happening so fast and continuous. And you know what TV production can be like, where you're just, even though the days stretch on for 12 hours plus, you're constantly in a state of, okay, now we've got to do this thing. Now I've got to wait for this thing to happen. So there was just a lot of waiting and a lot of nerves. And then afterwards you realize, oh, I've been through a really odd experience. As an 18-year-old watching that show, it's even too fast for, for me. I mean, I just wait for the little bits where you guys get to say something funny or respond. I don't even know yeah. how the game is played, who wins. Well, I just see well, somebody the weird thing cut is, out. I mean, the thing about any reality TV of any sort is they film hours of footage for minutes of screen time. Sure. So even those um those interviews, those talking head things where they, they see you kind of go, I, I, I went in here and I didn't know what to expect or whatever – that was a 45-minute interview that they took two sentences out right. of. Extract one nugget. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever see yourself juxtaposed from, like, weeks earlier reacting to something that happened that no. you didn't even witness? Like, no, they never did that. They, in the, I love in, that when they do In that. the contract, they have, like, they in the big, massive contract they give you, they have the right to misrepresent you or whatever which i but that's what they say but then i i honestly to be fair to them i think that's just so that they can't get sued after by someone going like you made me look like a dick and i wasn't a dick and you know well you're a dick for 25 you would you're a dick certainly in that time and they chose to use that bit of the material what was Uh, the strangest ingredient that you had to make into a main course i'm sorry i'm thinking uh, about a different reality yeah yeah Mm. Uh, but I, I tell you the the thing that I could do the show much better now, having seen everything I screwed up and everything I did right. And I've told friends of mine who've been on the show since, like, like for example, Doug Benson was on my season, and he was masterful at those interviews because C- what he did, like, they'd ask us a question, the producer would ask us a question, and go like, you know, and can you restate the question when you're answering the th- whatever? Because sure. they're going to not edit include answer. the question in the answer, but uh, you still to include, yeah, include the question in the yeah, answer. But so you still just waffle. You'll talk for five or six minutes about whatever it is they ask, and they and they can pick whatever they want out of it. Every question that Doug was asked, he'd stop, think, come like not even look at the camera, uh, so they couldn't use anything, mm-hmm. and then come up with the perfect funny 
one or two liner that would explain what that would give them what they needed and just deliver that straight down the camera and then stop talking yeah <laughs> that's brilliant and yeah. it was and it, it's brilliant and to be honest i'm sure the producers are also delighted by it because he'd give them easy a, to edit too yeah. yeah he'd give them a funny version of what exactly what they needed but he was just someone who got the language of that kind of show and then also was obviously very funny and good at writing jokes doug benson by the way one of the stars of i am road comic yeah. available at iamroadcomic.com I'm roadcomic.com, $5 download. Okay. Nice. For a limited time, though, it's like the Shamrock Shake. Okay. Because sure. I made a digibushel, and when that's gone, there are no more downloads. I mean, I just can't make more downloads. You it's, can't. It's cost prohibitive. Yeah. But um, what I'll say about Doug Benson is a perfect example of a comedian who has branded himself. I mean, not unlike Chris and, and other people, but he's really branded himself well. He's also a great example of a guy who, for a pot smoker, and mm-hmm. I don't think I'm you know letting the cat out of the bag here (laughs) well he's quite prolific (laughs) he's quite prolific and he's very lucid he's one of the sharpest minds yeah he's a smart guy super smart really funny he's found all these new ways of making money at comedy i mean he does a 420 420 show so it's when a comedy club would be dark anyway so he's, he's selling out a club in a time when he's not even competing with other comics for that slot and then he can have his nights free if he wants and he can do uh he can tour on the interruption where he screens movies mm-hmm. and just you know makes fun of him with friends he can tour on uh the other podcast where he gets high with comics like he has every base covered yeah. he has so many different and then he puts out a new album every year that he records on 420 it's amazing oh, that's yeah. right i didn't know he recorded it on april 20th yeah. i've learned a lot about branding from him but i, tr- I tried to do it with meth and the public didn't take to that. They don't want a meth comic? Well, here's no. the problem. I would meth? do the 3 a.m. shows. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I had a whole thing going where I would do meth with another comic. But it was just this one guy, Barry, that would do it with me. Yeah. No, yeah. Bring a tooth, get kept, in free. Yeah. By the way, I was on Doug. I forgot to back. mention, I was on Douglas Movies last week. If listeners want to go check that out. Yes. Uh, which, which, who was on the show with you? I was on with uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg, who yeah, was on funny. our live episode from San Francisco. And uh, he gets around. Obelum. Yeah, yeah. We should have him back on. We gotta have that, Wahlberg that on. Mark, yes. Well, we're young Danny, right? What's that? Danny, isn't Daniel Daniel, Daniel Van Kirk? We can tell. Yeah, he's got he's, a real he's name. He's hilarious. Daniel no, Van you're Kirk. talking about Mark Wahlberg. I mean Mark Wahlberg. Yes, Mark Wahlberg. He's got a friend named Dan Van Kirk. He has a friend that they sound funny. similar and stuff. But yeah, we 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 only deal with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's true. That is I don't true. know this Dan douche. Uh, but anyway, um, I, so I didn't even finish saying. So I am comic. A great, great documentary about all aspects of being a comedian. And then I am road comic. The new version that's uh, specific to the life of, of comics on the road, as the title would imply. It is, yes. Uh, Mark Marin, T.J. Miller, Pete Holmes, Judah Friedlander, Alonzo Bowden, Nikki Glaser, Jen Kirkman, Maria Bamford, just a handful. W. Kamal Bell. Oh, nice. Uh, Wayne Fetterman. Don't even nice. Fetterman and out. Yep. Fetterman actually goes with me up to Washington State, and we performed at a club, a cowboy bar. Nice. That is no longer doing comedy, but they still have the gelatin wrestling that's very popular with that the is ladies. Important. It's important. Jesse and I came up in the Northwest comedy scene. Did you do triple runs? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we've we've been through some version of road hell. You know, triple runs. Of course. Triple run. I have to. You know, for five dollars, there are no DVD extras. There are no bonus features for five dollars. Right. But someday I will put out a bunch of comics talking about triple runs. Right. Uh, it just was. It's its own thing. It's its own chunk of triple runs. Just to explain, because that's yeah. a bizarre combination of yes, words. Yes. That's. Uh, is it Mark Tribble? Is that the name of the guy? David Tribble. David Tribble. Okay. And he's a booker who's out of the northwest, midwest of mm-hmm. the country, and he puts together these runs of one nighters in bars in Idaho, in Montana, in eastern Washington. 
so you, seemingly in no order that would make sense to the traveler. Not right. at all. Yeah. You crisscross. You're driving eight region. hours a day. Yeah, 500 miles in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Crossing the same to state make, lines. As a feature to make maybe $100 that maybe make your gas money back. Yeah. So what we did in I Am Road Comic is Wayne Fetterman made me agree to spend $0 on food. So we ate airplane food on the way up. We ate the free hotel breakfast. We stole fruit and yogurt for lunch. Then we had burgers at the club at night. And we spent zero food dollars uh, on the whole trip. Because you're, we're working as if we as needed if you, to live yeah. off the road. Yeah. But that's, yeah. uh, that's what it's like. I remember a um, friend of the show, uh, Jason John Whitehead, telling me about a conversation he had with his ex-girlfriend where she was like, I've just realized when I come on the road with you, when I travel with you, you spent it costs twice as much because you're buying like double dinners and everything. And he's like, not even close, <laughs> not even a friend. Like, you have no idea how much more it costs when you come on the road with me. It's infinite because you can't multiply zero and <laughs> yeah. get a non zero. We're going out to dinner and we're doing things and we're going to museums and activities. Right? Yeah, when I'm on the road by myself, I will, yeah, maybe buy a supermarket sandwich in the afternoon if I'm feeling particularly extravagant. Fill my you know, pockets at the buffet. It's, it's funny that different, like Doug Benson mentions that he goes to cities that have a roller coaster. Because in the day, that's what he wants to do, or on his day off, right? Uh, Wayne Fetterman swims in the Columbia River. Oh, really? Because, because that's no what, where he's gigging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really specific. I think yeah. Bob Seger has way. to go to fly back to Michigan for any gig that night. That's his, like, his in his rider. Is that really? Is it really? Yeah, that's what I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. He has to bathe in the Columbia. To, that's the rejuvenative powers of the yeah, yeah. Columbia that's River. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, the Ganges of America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, we should get into actual science at some point, shouldn't we? We should. Um, one one extra correction. Uh, Eric Boisvert, who has messaged us before, said, uh, Nice show, episode 122. Thank you, Eric. Just a small point. I think I heard you say the Earth's crust is three to five miles, which is seven kilometers thick. That would be the oceanic crust. The continental crust is more around 40 kilometers thick. And Ooh, much the thicker continental on, crust. And much thicker on the mountain ranges. It's much more civilized. That makes sense. Mm. Who told you that, Lacerda? Lacerda. Oh, he would know. So, guys, know. I've been I've been hearing about this uh, like crazy creature that supposedly lives under our Earth's crust, and they've been here longer than us. Oh, it's yeah. like this reptilian humanoid creature. Oh, okay, sure. Is sure. this like George W. Bush stuff? Um, you, uh, okay. no. I mean, obviously, I'm you're sure. You're, I'm sure. You're I'm obviously sure. discussing Illuminati. Illuminati. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's Lacerda, though? I don't know. I haven't heard of that. Okay, all right. Um, I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. get on the mic, babe. Our friend knows. Let's talk about this. Um, Stay on the mic. Lacerda, I thought he was the mattress king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bow before Lacerda. No, I'm, I, no, I'm super into this stuff. I've been, I've been hearing about this uh, reptilian humanoid that m- might have come up out of some place in Sweden, or Switzerland. Stockholm. Sw- Switzerland. Sure, sure. And came and did an interview with some random dude and gave him a lot of information on the earth. And there's this transcript that was released of the interview. Okay. What year was the interview? It was recent? It was 99. So probably probably this must be George Bush. And I'm just hearing about it now, but it's it's driving me nuts, especially when I take those mushrooms. It really like right, it gets me it gets yeah. me in the fucking zone. But are you into like ancient aliens and shit? Yes, you're, you're super because it's already I love it. But you're into so, it. I love it. Uh, Martian the Manhunter. He probably has nothing to do with that, but he looks cool and he's green. So like, 
Okay. I think that he maybe is reptilian. Fair I, enough. I don't want to nitpick or anything. Are we relate? Okay. Yeah. But are you maybe mixing up science with drawings? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> and is this affiliated with the Lacerda Group, which is a plastics packaging manufacturer you can that specializes donate. in thermal form plastic packaging for food, medical devices, and pharmaceutical cosmetics? Hmm. No. No, this is a different Lacerda. Different okay. Lacerda. Tommy Lacerda. He managed yeah. the Dodgers. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just got to go on YouTube and it's the There's be- footage. There is not footage. <laughs> there is not footage. But that would make it way more believable. You, you know what I've always... Yeah, it would. No. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you, if you saw the drawing of this reptilian Whoa. humanoid... That tattoo is- artist is inspired. <laughs> they used... Few different shades of green, so Whoa. the picture actually pops. Yeah, that's important. It it's quite believable. You you you'd see a lot in in movies made after this. Yeah, you know, and and we were talking about it earlier. You guys might not have heard, but there there's some religious. Uh, they never meant you. What do you say? They never mentioned temperature in the Bible. But they, well, we were talking Jesus walks on water, and it's exactly. probably frozen. You know, could have been frozen. They never talked temperature. I was but, joking. You were jo- okay. Well, I'm being completely serious. No, I know. I know you're when being 100% legit right now. 100%. Bring in the A game. And uh, <laughs> I've got to say that the, the Bible mentions something about a, a serpent, right? Probably. Probably. It's probably in there. Us humans were created like by some engineering shit. So Sounds valid. Super mm-hmm. valid. So we were programmed to believe that these guys that are reptilians that were living here before us are evil. So then we wrote about them to be bad as serpents. Are you following? Yeah, me? absolutely. We have to demonize what is different. Exactly. From us. We have to create the otherness before we, yes. Yeah. yeah. So as, as cool as this all is, you're going to wake up one day and be like, holy fuck, I was just abducted. I don't remember what just happened. Right. Was that a party? Did somebody slip me Xanax, or were those slip you fucking, Xanax? Were those, was Someone that Martian the Manhunter? <laughs> was that Martian the Manhunter like brainwashing me? No, it really happened. You just don't remember because they brainwashed you. Lacerda's out. So Lacerda's out. Of Lacerda, so I would I would stay away from the parts of the crust that are extra thin because that the, the Lacerdas are closer to the surface. Yeah. That's Ben, of course, who arrived with Jordan Brady. Podcaster, documentarian, comic, shitty father. We have. Uh, um, he, he's very supportive, guys. He's not the first. Ben's not the first person to. This is the first time Ben and I have ever. I've ever heard Ben talk about the the is lizard it? people. It is. We've no, never, dude. I'm no, I'm super into that shit. Like like not. I mean, obviously, in Ben as well, a very tongue in cheek way. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like that stuff is hilarious. I also I also go on YouTube and go down like Illuminati rabbit holes and it is Im- amazing that conspiracy theorists really suck at editing. Just all of, any any yeah, any like homespun like 9/11 documentary like and you'll notice at 9:17 in this frame that the, the a picture of Satan appears in the clouds and like it's just right. the worst. How editing. could the glass implode backwards? <laughs> right. Well, I had a guy, a, I had a pot dealer Back in the day, before you could, it was like rest going in peace. In, going, he he did. He rest in pre- peace. Lib, we, Liberty, we called him. He was my uncle. He uh, he was he told your, like, me your biological uncle or just like friend of the family called uncle. Sure, dad's weed dealer uncle. All right, yeah, okay. not biological. Got it. Got it. He one time told me late at night when you, you this is back when you'd have to chit chat with your pot dealer right, to get right. the pot. You couldn't just go in, buy, oh, I, it, leave. I recall. Yeah, and brutal. he started telling me he went to a conference. 
and bought the guy's book about the lizard people that lived under the crust. Since back when you had to do that. And you had to find these people. And I said to him, I said, you know what? Don't tell anyone else that you actually paid to go to the conference. You'll lose all credibility, even as a pot dealer. Right. <laughs> right. And he said, really? I, I go, yeah, you got taken. No, absolutely. Now, back then, obviously, as we all remember, when, you, when before the legality of drugs in some states, of course, this a while ago, I just refer to it as the era when Pluto was a planet. That's what I ah. yeah, refer to it as about. You what guys remember. You be, what could you be getting at, Jesse? You brought it back to science, Jesse, and I well, love that. As we all know, Pluto was one of our favorite planets. Yep. I'm one of our favorite dogs. Mm-hmm. I was just, yeah, Pluto, Pluto was a planet. Uh, the food pyramid was a thing. The brontosaurus. We still thought that. It, none of us had to go to school till fifth grade. That's the brontosaurus. That's, brontosaurus isn't around anymore. No, they glued the bones together wrong. Brontosaurus was bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they took away Pluto and it bummed everyone out. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you know, guys, that um, Pluto may be uh, coming back? What? Bringing it back. Pluto. Like yeah. the McRib. Yeah. Now, why is that? Well, I'll tell you, Ben. This week, amid uh, so much discouraging news... Of, oh, it's going to be one of these articles where they... <laughs> um, it's, it's a little bit... It's a little conversational, the tone of well, this article. Yeah. Well, I would click on the link through that article to the Scientific American article. Absolutely. Because Pluto got kicked out eight years ago when the IAU, and that's the International Astronomical Union, um, which exists to hold elections on these things, they voted it out. Um... And uh, it failed to clear the neighborhood around its orbit. Um, so it was demoted to a dwarf planet uh, and became a mere trans-Neptunian object. But now Pluto's been discovered to have several moons in regular orbit around it. At least five. Yeah. Scientific American article. There's a lot of moons. That's, that's a lot of moons. That's There's a lot of moons. moons. Than, uh, more moons than we got. Great job, America. I, um, would, I would say many moons. By the way... Uh, Yesterday or maybe the day before, I tweeted something along the lines of, um, uh, "I'm not saying uh, humans are arrogant, but we call our sun and moon the sun and the moon." And I've been very much enjoying the very pedantic replies from people. <laughs> Just like it's one of my favorite things when you tweet a stupid joke and someone right. like replies with an actually, yeah. uh, thanks. So thank you, uh, whoever it was who explained that uh, we discovered our sun and moon first before we we're aware of things further out in the galaxy. Right. By the way, we're going to find out the exact diameter of Pluto in July of 2015 uh, when NASA's first spacecraft to... First spacecraft to Pluto zips by. Oh, fuck. I hope my commemorative Pluto belt is the right size. (laughs) Yeah. When did they... They launched that, like, in the 1800s, right, NASA? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it would get there in time. It's a steampunk satellite. No, it's a a steampunk satellite. Yeah, Yeah. it's a Victorian. um, They thought at first that the two guys on either side of the lever... Cranking it up and down had died, but right. um, <laughs> they're still around. Oh my god, that tickles me! Just picture your rocket blasting. It's off. my favorite go-to comedic form of transport. Yeah. There's nothing. There's two guys pumping. Yeah, the energy. Nothing, yeah, there's yeah. no funnier way to oh, get it from is, A to B. It is a great than an old-timey handcart. It is the funniest transport, easily. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, no, I love that. Have you guys seen uh, from the Earth to the Moon? No, the Tom Hanks thing. Or no. Uh, from the Earth to the Moon or the Moon Fantastic Voyage the Moon Voyage Fantastic Four La, La Mer de they just re-released Wait, it Air did the soundtrack it's that old movie where like the rocket crashes into the oh, moon's oh, eye oh, oh uh, like, so like, Lumiere, Lumiere Lumiere yeah uh, like the Hugo guy yeah, 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 yeah. One of his deals. Right. Uh, they just the, found the, an extra the Tonight Tonight video Smashing Pumpkins is the r- ripped off okay. of that. Yeah, 
they found an extra three minutes of it um, and re-released it, and it's all HD now and stuff, and um, colorized and whatnot. Air did the soundtrack. Cool. It's awesome. Ben, you'd love it. Um, it's, <laughs> I would love it. I don't it. know why I say that, but I, I get the feeling you would love it. And um, yeah, it's incredible. But the idea, even then, in like, you know, 1920 of how space travel would work was the rocket was just shot out of a giant gun. Yeah. They just set up a giant gun, shot a rocket. The guys got out. They all had top hats on. There's no... Yeah. They're breathing. <laughs> yeah. And they're just walking around the moon. There's aliens. It's well, crazy. I mean, the, technology, the technology for real rockets isn't that yeah, much different. I mean, they are still similar. made... Giant firecracker. They are still effectively on top of a massive explosive device. Oh, 45-year anniversary yesterday of the uh, landing moon of the moon. landing, yeah. Moon landing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a topic on uh, midnight, at midnight, the mm. Comedy Central show. Uh, you guys fans of ClickHole, by the way? I don't know ClickHole. Oh, my God. It's the funniest. Click they're they're not a sponsor the, of the, the show. It's The Onion's new venture. It's The uh, Onion's the parody Onion of BuzzFeed it. and uh, Upworthy and all that kind of stuff. It's great. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Pluto also has uh, a methane atmosphere. And the methane suggests that Pluto is about 1,471 miles across yeah. versus just 1,445 miles across for Eris. Um, the new study appears in the journal Icarus. It's thought to be bigger than Pluto, by the way. That was Pluto's greatest rival. Yes. Neptune. Eris. Eris. Oh, Eris. Neptune is definitely a planet. Eris was the reason that, that they sort of took away Pluto. They're like, oh, if this isn't the solar system, therefore this isn't the right. solar system. Because you can't just add a new planet. That's a nightmare. Right. Just the if paperwork. This isn't is... going to be a planet. We got to take Pluto's planet status yeah. away. Right. Well, nowadays you can like buy a star for however many dollars. We've talked and... about this before. You 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 can, which I that's supreme arrogance to me because you get to name it. Yeah. That's the thing. You get to name it like uh, whatever, and I think that these aliens are going to come, and if they land on Earth, oh, they're already here, and we're going to find out that our sun is named like. Metallica rules like right, like right. whatever they named it in their weird system. How are we going to explain to these people <laughs> that I don't know these lizard people? No, I just mean we're naming things that at a certain point you're like, well, I don't. Do we have a right to even name that? Well, it's more the fact it's more the number that makes it ludicrous to me. It'd be the same thing as issuing certificates when you get to name your own grain of sand, you know, yes. on a beach or something. No, yeah, absolutely. Who cares? Yeah. Did no. somebody start doing? Is that? Has that been around? No, what I'm saying, but, you know, there's a comparable number, I think, of grains of sand. At least, you know, within probably several orders of magnitude, the same, uh, right, probably? Grains of sand on the ocean's beaches. Yeah, Yeah, we'll name anything we want. We we rename stuff other people have named. Like like it's España, and we're like you pronounced that wrong. Your own country. We're going to say Spain. <laughs> well, this is a weird thing you with the World Cup. You, you Let's pr- get you, into this. You, this is not you science, pronounce your own uh, country incorrectly. When we decide when when we decide to pronounce a country in its own language versus in our language's word for it is so arbitrary. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I watched um but I watched some of the World Espana Cup in or something. I watched some of the World Cup in Holland, including one of the Dutch games. And we were way off with how the Dutch players' names are pronounced. <laughs> like we were. Oh, really? Yeah, Van Persie is what I always thought. For example, not even close. Like what? miles. I can't even it? get close to how they pronounce it. Really? Per Persie per. I don't know. The Brit. The Brit announcers oh, made well, the game far more enjoyable to me. Oh, also, um, what well, we're on the subject. Uh, the the very famous painter whose first name is Vincent. Mm-hmm. Who um, in Britain is Van Gogh. And in America, it's Van Gogh. Neither one? Neither. Neither. Not even close in any case. <laughs> it was Hitler. Hitler. Nero Van Hoff. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Van Hoff? Hoff, Hoff. It's sort of a, there's a guttural sound in there. Van Hoff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It makes but me want to cut my ear off. off. And hey. that's not even, like, a, our Dutch listeners are probably listening right now and going, no, you're... Not even close. Not even, not close. even close. Even trying to be close, not close. So you like, the, the, you like the, the British commentators? Oh, I love the British commentators. Well, that's a nice fancy move by that chap. I mean, it's just, it was very polite. <laughs> sure. It was, Restrained. Uh, it was restrained. Like, oh, he fancies himself a bit of a sportsman, does he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, yeah. there were little comments thrown in. There's Gramercy just... taking a bit of a flop there, making the mother proud. See, well, I don't think what, what you realize <laughs> is when when a British commentator saying something like that is actually a horrendously rude insult. No, <laughs> like, totally. Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, they're still pleasant. That's their version of shock jocks. Uh, like, yeah. there he is, having a bit of a walk around there. And it's, it's people, just people are lighting things on fire. Sarcasm. <laughs> but, uh, well, the sarcasm is what makes it so fun. Like, when, when a player would fall and they're going for the Academy Award with their pain yeah, and yeah. their, you yeah. know, oh, quite a bit of a showman there. With well, wonderful performance. Here's the thing I thought, by the way. If you are a world-class, if, if we've got any world-class footballers listening to this show right now, next World Cup or next major event you come through, when someone dives... When an opponent dives and you run up and protest, rather than running up and protesting to the referee and claiming that he's diving, how much more effective would it be if you and all of your teammates just stood around and gave a really sarcastic Clap. applause? Yes. <laughs> just, yes. just like, just gave a little bravo. Like, how effective would that be if he 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 took a dive and everyone just stood around, just dripping with sarcasm and just. Went, <laughs> Well done. (laughs) The sad part is a really gentle clap for like opera clap. The sad part is is that the people on the other team will probably end up needing to do that same fake fall. Yeah, and that would that would that would then that would become the thing. That would be the international sign for (laughs) this guy's a cheating dick. (laughs) Or what if you just all sarcastically did the same move that he did? Your entire team just takes to the falls to the ground and grabs their knees. Yeah, you know, like well, you all just well, this is the interesting thing, which which brings it a little bit back to science or in the the medical field. Uh uh, uh, Doctors that I've talked to is it gets really difficult. Um, You can't disprove pain. Okay. So that's why you sort of have to believe the fake fall, even if it's a fake fall. That's true. I mean, there are definitely times when, just because they are running at ridiculous paces, if they just catch a, a tuft of grass wrong and just trip, they can go flying and they could twist something and could be an extreme, yeah. excruciating pain. And then no, you're stood around looking like a dick applauding. Well, no, but, I'm saying even if it is bullshit, you, it's still a thing of like legal benefit yeah. of the doubt. I mean, that's that's why like it's uh, you, you know junkies are it's like always easy. in the ER. Well, and it's pretty. It's gotta... because you can't you can't say no. You're you're not in pain right now to someone. You could call him a pussy. You could call him a pussy, which which right. I think you know would would it's work. Easier, but, right? But if someone comes, if someone gets rolled into the ER with a massive chest gunshot wound, yellow card, bro, fake. Yeah, you, fake. not nope. Clap, stand around, clap. <laughs> yeah, All stand the doctors. <laughs> Guy's head fell off. This may bring it back to science in the World Cup. I remember when, uh, right before America played Germany, the American coach, formerly a German. Yes. He pointed out. Well, formerly Germany's coach. Form- and a star and, player. Yeah. Right? He I don't think formerly a German. I think no, he was he's, German. No, isn't he German, still German? German? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, he, com- he, he made a, a little under-the-breath comment that the America, the USA team had had to travel deep into the Amazon or Amazon to uh, to play some of their matches. Where, by some luck of scheduling, uh-huh. the German team got to stay in the city in the posh hotel and didn't have to travel as much. So, scientifically speaking, how did the fatigue affect the gameplay? A lot. 
Well, fatigue sure. definitely is a factor, and there's there are the factors fatigue of traveling. Yeah, from and, all, and there's also of fatigue yeah. of the game. That there, there are things like um, going into the finals. One team had had an extra day of rest, right. and also had played just ninety minutes rather than two hours because the other game had gone into extra time. Even just things like, like Argentina had played things like getting that many blowjobs, right? <laughs> you know that those players were getting. Um, right. Things like that just are, are exhausting. It's a dangerous number of, of beaches. It's a dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. As a comedian, will you withhold? This is to all of you. <laughs> will you withhold from having sex before a big show so that you got that that testosterone <laughs> built well, up? This, like a boxer I, wouldn't. I'll hold wouldn't on fuck like, before the sh- big. Uh, like match. I won't. I won't have sex once the show's begun. Just in case the acts before me finish early. No, and I remember seeing you. Do, I remember when you had to make that rule for yourself. That yeah, was an I, awkward. That would make yeah. because that was one of the, usually it's a brick wall, but that was actually a curtain situation. <laughs> I um. Well, there's a lot of clubs back in the day when people were uh, more open to getting a blowjob during the show had podiums. And the modern comedy yeah. you see now, it's just it's, a microphone. No, it's, I mean, that's... That's why the podium was invented. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's why the standing up in the first place was invented. Um, you know, it, it used... In life? <laughs> no, just in stand-up comedy. Oh, okay. I, um, I, on a serious note about what you say, yeah, I will not, I will not seek any sort of uh, release from self or otherwise before a show. I like, really? No, I like it's to have a little... A- I like, dude. I'm I'm totally with you, Jordan. I know yeah. why. You, I know why you asked that. Well, I no, need, we had I coaches need, growing up. That would, uh, the, yeah, there, people would think that for sporting things too, like for swimming. Like, we're, I think some people would even not do that for a while leading up to the championships. It's like, no, all it's doing is like getting you frustrated, and like, I don't think it's going to help anything athletically. No, I think it's be- it's because what what drives you to do the thing? Like, why do you think cheerleaders exist? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. Didn't we talk with David Epstein on the sports episode about this, whether, whether there's any correlation? I thought we, there were actual studies that show that there's no benefit to withholding as far as athletic performance. Hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. Hmm. I know my dad thought when I was going through puberty and I would show up to my soccer games really tired. He said, you know, what are you doing before the games? Are you staying out late? No. You hanging out with, are you rubbing one off? Like, what? I don't even know what that, what is that? <laughs> show up to the game. Next thing you know, eyes are bloodshot. Finally, he got it. It was not. I was. I, I like guys. Coming it's in your not own the eyes. girl. No, it what? was no. smoking weed, dude. Wait, wait, how you? Where are you trying to I take? Your this? eyes were red because you're jerking off so much and jizzing in your own. No, eyes. I didn't even do that. I had somebody other dude do that for me. No, I, no, no, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you were jizzing in his eye? No, we were jizzing <laughs> in the eye. What that was the whole miss. He didn't know that. I didn't. He led me to believe that that was something that I was doing. I didn't know what jizz was. Come on, Eileen. Uh, <laughs> That's what that song's about. It's a Bukaki song. Okay. <laughs> Easily my top five. Um, so, guys. Guys. Um, what I was trying to get into with the gunshot, I was actually uh, yes. in the middle of a, of a segue that didn't work out that well. Oh, I'm sorry. So, if you get rolled into the ER with a massive gunshot wound to the chest, uh, chances are you, you're, you don't have a great shot at survival, right? There's, there's a very limited amount of time. Oh, you're definitely going to die. Sewed up. You're bleeding there's out There's nothing quickly. you can do about that. If only there were something you could do about it. Well, there's not. So, well, Jesse, maybe there is. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe there is. I don't uh, think there would be. Nope. I mean, it's unlikely. <laughs> but are you saying that if we keep our minds open to the possibility of? I'm something, saying. Nah, I don't think. Nah. Anyway, Squarespace guys. Great. I'm saying nope. within the month, a gunshot victim will be cooled down and placed in suspended animation as a groundbreaking emergency technique is tested out for the first time. Uh, surgeons are on call now at the UPMC Presbyterian Hospital in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to perform this operation which will buy doctors time to fix injuries that would otherwise be lethal. 
They're suspending life, but they don't want to call it suspended animation because it sounds like sci-fi, says Samuel Tisherman, a surgeon at the hospital who's leading the trial. So we call it emergency preservation and resuscitation. And the technique involves replacing all of a patient's blood with a cold saline solution, which rapidly cools the body and stops almost all cellular activity. Whoa. Now, here's the important thing. You shouldn't do that to someone if they haven't been shot. No, no, no. No, no, no. You wait till after the gunshot. Yeah. Yes. This is not... Like, it's not just preventative. It's not a (laughs) a prophylactic (laughs) measure. Yeah, uh, no, that's super evil villain stuff. Listen to, do. to this, it's crazy. Uh, Saline blood. <laughs> if a patient comes to us two hours after dying, you can't bring them back to life. But if they're dying and you suspend them, you can have a chance to bring them back after their structural problems have been fixed. Um, so that the, makes the sense. You're, sort of, you're freezing everything. You're freezing yeah, all their physiological processes and everything, and, and then you're fixing the holes, and yeah, then you're then, putting. And then you're the blood back. But it's a delicate yeah. thing on, on all ends. Um, so yeah, well, the benefits of cooling or induced hypothermia have been known for decades. At normal body temperature, around 37 degrees Celsius, uh, cells need a regular oxygen supply to produce energy. When the heart stops beating, blood no longer carries oxygen to cells. And without oxygen, the brain can only survive for about five minutes before the damage is irreversible. Right. But at lower temperatures, cells need less oxygen because all chemical reactions slow down which explains why people who fall into icy lakes can sometimes be revived more than half an hour after they've stopped Yeah, breathing. there's been a few remarkable stories like that where I think there was some some woman who was climb, mountain climbing or something, and she fell into a crevasse and she was discovered far too long afterwards where she should, she, she just, there's no way she shouldn't be dead. Do those and people they, still have, the, like, do they still lose fingers and toes and well, noses for, I to frostbite? I think the amazing thing, that... was, like, she was, if I remember rightly, and this was a while ago that I heard about the story, she was weirdly untouched like everything was wow. both physically and mentally oh she was touched yeah. <laughs> how by an angel how pissed but, are those how pissed are those dudes stuck on Everest that can't say like I'm still alive like oh, people walking by just, what if <laughs> what if it's just like Mr. Freeze isn't it just covered just, with bodies right yeah. Everest oh yeah but just, you hike by them and you can't do anything it's yeah. crazy um, so yeah let me finish this this is I think this is fascinating it is um, this is incredible so before heart and brain surgery doctors sometimes lower body temperature using ice packs um, and by circulating blood through an external cooling system, which can sometimes give them up to 45 minutes in which to stop blood flow. But um, that cooling process takes time and can only be done with careful planning. So we're talking about what to do when someone comes in with this catastrophic injury that would kill them very quickly if they didn't do this. Um, so they did this experiment um, in 2000 with pigs, and they sedated pigs them. Pigs got shot in the chest? Well, they gave them a massive hem- They induced a massive hemorrhage, oh. um, to Horrible. mimic the effects of multiple gunshot wounds. So actually they did sort of science drive-by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just going to pick there. Okay, okay. We, the, the car was moving too fast that time and the scientist's aim wasn't good enough. So we just... But the blood was drained and replaced by either a cold potassium or saline solution, rapidly cooling the body to around 10 degrees Celsius. And after the injuries were treated, the animals were gradually warmed up as the solution was replaced with blood. And the pig's heart usually started beating again by itself, although some pigs needed a jump start and there was no effect on physical or cognitive function. So after they did that, the definition of dead changed. And, uh, you know, every day at work, they have to declare people dead. They have no signs of life, no heartbeat, no brain activity. And uh, this doctor says he signs a piece of paper knowing in his heart that they're not actually dead. I could write that in there, suspend them, but he has to put them in a body bag. And it's frustrating to know there is a solution, but you'd have to have this whole team at the ready sure. to do this complicated procedure um, to flush everything out of their system and put cold saline through the heart up to the brain, the areas that are most vulnerable. Um, so that they have to do all this stuff with clamping. Uh, the lower region of the heart must be clamped and a catheter placed into the aorta to carry the saline. Um, what are you saying? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, and, it's, and it's, let's it's, face it's, it. It's not it's, realistic to have it. Like, have this be happening on a huge 
scale right now, but they have this one team now in this Pittsburgh hospital that's waiting for just the right case to come in, and they're going to give it a shot and pump this person full of cold saline and have, I believe it's up to five hours of time to do surgery. It's an interesting thing. Just in in general, it's becoming harder and harder to define what death means. Right. Who plays God? Well, yeah, because... Like what? At what point is someone dead now? If you're able to bring them back to life when their heart and I mean when their heart's been stopped for a sure, and large amount it, of time, and when imagine the guy that came in with the chest wound, he's hanging out in the wrong circles, and it's going to take a lot of time, energy, money, right. commitment to keep this guy alive, and someone's going to go, is he really worth it? And they're going to pass. I mean, someone's going to make a judgment call. Death panels. We're talking about Obama. Yes. Obamacare. Death panels, guys. <laughs> how did that... How did people start thinking that was a thing? Because they, they just think that when there's limited resources, then they're going to have to... There's, someone's going to have to decide who gets those and like that the government... But that was never a thing. Be, Death panels were it, never it, a thing. I know. I mean, here's the thing. In the, in the it was NHS, a thought experiment that nat- right-wing people were having, I think. Well, it's not even a thought experiment. It's... A masterpiece of rebranding. That's one of the things the right wing in America is amazing at doing in giving a catchy term to something that makes people go, that makes people think of their political opponents as lizard people. Yeah, as Nazis <laughs> or, or right. murderers or whatever. But the fact is, all the stuff they were talking about, the decision as to whether to allocate resources in one way or another is already happening, was already pre-Obamacare. Even with private hospitals. Yeah, yeah. especially with private hospitals. (laughs) I mean, like, far worse with private hospitals were situations, the fact that before the more recent laws, pre-existing conditions were a reason to reject anyone from being allowed to have... That's like a death panel of sorts. Completely, yeah. Yeah, If if you can't get health insurance because you have a pre-existing condition, there's no way then to get health insurance, there's no way to get treated. What is that if not... Um, a death panel by that cri- by those right. Someone's deciding that you don't get to be treated and therefore stay alive. Well, yeah. G- George Orwell wrote a book called um, 1984. He wrote books too. So I just I just know that this guy had a big influence on the way our uh, new founding father country here, America, has been. Ben, you ever look at a dollar bill, dude? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like real close. E pluribus unum. You know that's an anagram of pluribus cinnamon? <laughs> Think uh, about cinnamon, it, I do like cinnamon, yes. <laughs> Bro, cinnamon toast crunch is very... What's that eye doing on that pyramid, man? What's it looking at? Uh, What's it looking L- at? Lacerda, looking at me? Is Lacerda, that the NSA? There. What's in there, man? Dude. I looked it up. Lacerda is just Latin for lizard. We could just be saying lizard all this time. <laughs> it is. I, I hope you are yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the chupacabra. I really hope yeah, you're it's right. like the chupacabra. Goat Isn't sucker. it just goat sucker? Yeah. Now, um, team. Yes. I, I, had, a lot of, I had a lot of qu- qu- a bit of time to join you on the, oh. the podcast. Oh, right? oh. Sadly, it's, I, it's I must go. Oh, we got we to oh, wrap gosh. it up. Yeah. You don't have to wrap uh, up. You guys could, should continue this because even as a spectator, it's enjoyable, it's entertaining, it's okay. informative. I can we, Ben and I can just leave, but keep we, going. No, I'm well, sorry we started so late, yes. man. No, it's okay, but but no, I, that's on us. Um, uh, well, let's let's get your let's get another plug in there real quick though, because I I honestly want people to to see your film. And uh, I am Road Comic, available at IamRoadComic.com for a five dollar download. It's worth seven to nine dollars, mm-hmm. but we all know that. 
the the mold has been cast. And the its precursor, I Am Comic, is still available on Netflix. Still, uh, it's not on Netflix. Oh, it's anymore. not anymore. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I have a Maria Bamford comedy special on Netflix now. You directed the special, that? special, special. Yeah, nice. It's uh, worth watching. Oh, I didn't know you directed that. I did. That's I produced great. and directed. I, yeah, it's I, really. I paid money to download that. From Chill. Yeah. Now, def- now, really chill. Yep. You helped pay for my lunch yesterday. You're Thank welcome. You. <laughs> mm. But I am a comic. It was nutritious uh, and pleasant. You can download it and watch it as many times as you want for five dollars. Do it, guys! Wow! And, and then pretty soon we'll get it on Netflix and the Showtime, HBO, Excellent. and all that. But right now, direct from me, limited time only, five bucks. And I appreciate you having us on the show. Thank of you course, for being man. here. Thanks I've man. learned a little bit about the world, the universe, and myself. <laughs> I think we've all done Thanks that. for having me we've too, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here, Ben. Hey. Um, guys, I, that was that was a blast having those guys. I still can't believe... Like, I could have talked all day about Bow Chicka Bow Wow because like, the idea of being the first person... Like, having a thing that just seems like it's always been part of the public consciousness and the public right. discourse be traceable to one person yeah, like, is so I tried fascinating to, to I tried assumed to work, it was from a film or something. It's like I tried to work out um, and no one, no one could give me... a good answer who the first what the first cartoon or tv show was to use a sped up speech as a shortcut for the guy on the other end of the phone <laughs> you know where it's like oh good yeah. call yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what's that <laughs> great call yeah that that's a trope that it's, it's someone a, had to be the first one it's I, a very well-known concept but it must have started somewhere one thing i've always wondered about is um in like action movies uh or maybe like there's some people and then they realize that they're about to be attacked yeah uh and they always say we've got company you know first we've got company there had to be a first we've got company but it it still started as a joke meaning like it started as arrived yeah it started as like a uh, sarcasm sarcastic comment yeah we've got um and now you can't even hear we've got company here but now i think like that's just the thing now i think i would say that even it's so beyond pop culture now exactly that in a way it's the ballsiest way of saying someone is attempting to kill us right now right we we have company you're being blase about you're being blase about it but it started somewhere and i have no idea the root of we've got company because people and you can't even hear with fresh ears anymore the same way like if you watch Citizen Kane or something like that that invented certain tropes right you can't remember that that was the first time that this thing had been done you're just seeing it as like well yeah everyone does that in movies now so it's like, like well like, Bow Chicka Bow Wow that's like that would that would not right it's just a thing it's not even but being the first one to point it out like oh yeah there is usually a wah pedal in the scene that has the I don't know yeah. For some reason, it fascinates me. Maybe I'm. No, no. I I I find that very fascinating. Um, I find a lot of things a lot of things fascinating what else do you lately. Find fascinating, and, well, you know, I mean, re- recently we had this pool party. Um, we had this pool party, and we had a little bit of a barbecue, and people mm-hmm. cooked various things in the barbecue. And um, did you see the, did you see the guy throwing some cod? Someone brought cod. Yeah, literally. I'm not kidding. Wow. I'm not forcing a segue. Someone put some cod in the barbecue. Jesus. Post grease fire. There was also a grease fire. There was a Don't grease worry fire. about it. It's, a, I, it's a, a reasonable thing to cook fish on a barbecue. Reasonable thing to eat some fish. You'd want to eat some fish. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's, that's reasonable. But, but mm-hmm. Barbecued fish is very sure. nice. It's but, a perfect. You know, humans. Put another fish on the barbie, as they say. Right, right. Human, humans like to eat fish, sure. obviously, as well as other fish, but larger fishy fish. Sure. You guys know that uh, <clears throat> there are at least 26 species of spiders who eat fish. What? Yeah. 
Um, it's uh, this is a new finding. It's witnessed on every continent except Antarctica. Um, typical. 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 Antarctica holding out. Oh, by the way, uh, I forgot to say, Ben Wren sent us the suspended animation story. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Um, the fish captured by these semi-aquatic spiders, they usually ranged between uh, just two and six centimeters in length. On average, these fish were 2.2 times longer than the spiders, not including the legs. The largest fish capture was nine centimeters long and weighed 12 grams. And that'd be a goldfish from Sydney. It's not that fish predation by spiders have never been observed before, but over three-fourths of the published reports on fish-eating spiders are about just two genera of spiders, and that'd be the Dolomedes and Nihilus. By the way, this was sent in by Jim Sardonic. I know. His, uh, it's a great last name. It is a great last name. Phenomenal last and, name. That's uh, a cartoon detective, right? <laughs> and, we, and we appreciate it, Mr. Sardonic. Um, Sardonic and sarcastic. Sometimes difficult to remember the exact distinct. How would you define? Hmm. How would you define sardonic? I would define uh, sardonic's one of those things to me like uh, jemas vu, which is like the opposite of deja vu, but it's directly related. And I never know when to use it or how to use it, so I just don't. Never. Oh, jam- jamais, as jamais, in, yeah, as jamais in never. Vu. The French for never. Okay, yeah, I've uh, never heard that. I've, I've always been mispronouncing I it my whole life. Uh, Another reason I don't say it. Okay, I th- yeah, is that's the phenomenon where. Like, deja vu is where you experience something and you're like, I'm sure I've had this exact thought and been in this exact place before. And jamais vu is where you're somewhere familiar and your brain just suddenly has a glitch where you're like, where suddenly everything seems unfamiliar for a second. Oh my God. I, yeah, where, I had that. Yeah, where you're I like, had that yesterday. I had driving that along. Yeah, yes, I was driving through a place that I did know and I'm like, this could be anywhere in the country. I don't know where I am right now. Like, I've driven this road a thousand times, but I just feel like I was in a different place. I... Yeah. I um and they're both little just little brain glitches. Yeah, yeah. Like déjà vu is where I I can't remember the exact mechanism, but it's it's effectively the bit of your brain is writing uh, is just triggering the memory bit at the wrong time, right. or it's just writing what you're currently experiencing also into the short term mem or the long term memory bit. And anyway, right. whatever it is, it's okay. Yeah, our, our various brain experts will be able to explain it far better than my. I didn't know it was, there was an agreed thing. upon explanation for it. That's no, cool. I. I think that I disconnect from reality like that far too often, mm-hmm. and this is like not like aided by anything. This is just I. I sort of constantly like will will just um, feel feel distant from my surroundings, and then I have to like snap oh, back Jesse. into it. It's okay. No, no. You know what I mean. Like, like this—the feeling that you were describing yesterday—that happens to me like quite a bit. Where I'm just like, "Uh, what the fuck? And then I'm back. How did I get here? Yeah, and it's just very quick. (laughs) This is not my beautiful house, (laughs) right? It's a very quick thing. Um, Jim Sardonic. I'm sorry, Jim Sardonic, and he sent in this story, and it's um. So look, spiders have been eating fish before. You know, mm-hmm. but over three fourths of the published reports of fish eating spiders, like I said, they're just about those two genera, um, Dolomates and Nihilus, which live in North America, Europe, New Zealand, and Australia. However, and this is the new info, okay. Martin Neifler from the University of Basel suspected that that uh, that was simply not the case. A quick Google image search showcases much, much more. So he and Bradley Pussy. <laughs> come on now, guys. Come on, people. Hey, guys, guys, this is serious. Guys, guys. Okay. Guys, come on, guys. 
So he. So I wasn't paying attention. What was the name? Is <laughs> Bradley Bradley Pussy? <laughs> um, so Martin Neifler and Bradley Pussy. This is in the sardonic article. Okay. Uh, Bradley Pussy from the University of Western Australia. They reviewed observations of eighty nine incidences of fish predation by spiders, and this is at the fringes of shallow freshwater streams, rivers, lakes, ponds, swamps, and marshy fins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they discovered that spider uh, spider species who fish can be found. In at least eight families um, That includes spiders from five families Observed catching fish in the wild You know So some of them can swim and dive Others can walk on water But they all have neurotoxins and enzymes That allow them to kill and digest fish So what usually happens Is the exciting bit mm-hmm. A spider will anchor its hind legs To a stone or a plant While its, four, its front four rest on the surface of the water after it ambushes the fish, the meal is dragged to a dry place where the subsequent feeding process can take up to several hours. How big are these fish it can catch? Up to seven times larger than it. Seven times larger than the, than the spider itself. Are human beings, pound for pound, the weakest animal? Uh, or is that a bullshit I, thing I, I've I, heard? I, I feel like that's probably some a little bit of bullshit, maybe. It feels I bullshitty, know. but I, I, I know humans are kind of all-rounders, so we... Except for in brain right. power, we kind of we're not great runners, but we actually have pretty good endurance. Yeah, like we're we're not we're not great, we're great swimmers. We're okay. not great swimmers, but we're better swimmers than a large number of mammals. And we're not great runners, but we're better runners than a large number of animals. You know, we're like and we can. T- I think supposedly we can like tire out some animals that are really fast. We can just oh no, know. we've we've totally we can outrun any animal. Or we can run for true? longer. Okay, not necessarily distance, but yeah. We isn't there that sort of weird thing where it's the over, over short. Shorter even middle distances, a horse would just destroy us, but... They still have the man versus then horse. It, yeah, then it, in a marathon... Wait, who's they? What? Uh, I think Scotland has a man versus horse what is every this? year. Tell me about this. It's a race. It's a foot race. No, it's not. Yes, it is, Andy. <laughs> and, For how long? Uh, I don't know, but like a, 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 a dude almost won it. Long enough distance year. that long man, enough where people the, have a shot. Yeah, because the horse sprints and then just trots and then walks real slow. And, and also out. it doesn't know that it's in a race. Also, it does not know it's in a race. <laughs> That is key. Yeah. If the horse were to understand that yeah, it's yeah. in a race, it would certainly win. <laughs> but but <laughs> the man, of course, understanding he's in a race. Uh, yeah. No, because uh, uh, and we had a we had a listener write in about this, and I'm sorry we can't remember your name uh, if you're still a listener. But, but um, you know we can we can control our breathing speed, so mm-hmm. we can moderate our own lungs, and it because we're thinking ahead about what's going to be happening. Well, the mechanism so. isn't necessarily tied to our heartbeat. While a lot of a lot of animals, uh, the speed of their heartbeat is directly tied to the speed of their inhalation and exhalation. They can't even control it. Oh! So you'd have a dog going like, <laughs> you know, they can't really stop and just like chill out, make themselves, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we can we can totally do that. But what I mean by pound for pound the weakest is I don't know if I can think of an animal that if it was our size, if it was our mass, wouldn't just kick our ass. Well, actually, mm. I don't know because. There's a, there's a thing based. about scale. Like, right. if an elephant were scaled down to our mass, they might actually be relatively weak. I don't know, because whenever they do those scaling things, they normally scale them the other way. And you go, well, if a... Spider's the strongest. Like, the whole theory behind Spider-Man as a superhero is, like, he has the strength of a spider, meaning he can lift whatever eight times his body weight. It's like, no, it's only because, like, ma- because mass goes with the the cube of linear distance you know like it's not yeah like so, a, so for also, example like the, the, they got like a, a flea the, a, f- a flea that were 
five foot ten would be able to leap over a building. Well, no, no they wouldn't. It'd be but... just like uh, it'd be hindered by the same physical physical properties that we are hindered by. Yeah, because well, they then need they need to have substantially thicker legs and more yeah. body mass to be able to support that weight. Let's also bear in mind that. Spider-Man's main thing is he's able to sling webs and swing off stuff. But then, which the, means the, he's the, very the lucky web, he's in a city. But the original yeah. Spider-Man comic, be useless oh no, he's in useless, to, in, useless in, in Topeka. But also, like, the craziest him. thing about Spider-Man to me that wasn't even the <laughs> superpower. Field. In yeah. the comic book, he made his own. He made his own web. The only power he had was that was the strength. Well, I remember that in the comic. In the comic book, he made his own. I'm like, dude, if you were smart enough to make your own web thingies, you don't even need the other stuff. That's, that's 90% of your power is having these web things you just made. Right. And then in some versions of it, I think in the movie, maybe he in woke the, up and in had the movie the web it comes thing. out of him. But, but I think I, he made it. Absolutely. In the, in the comic books, he made his own web sling thing. Huh. So yeah. All he had was strength. And then maybe just uh, the ability, maybe something in his fingertips that made him be able to climb walls. But the, the climbing isn't even that important, really. Compared to the strength in the webs. Well, in the climbing also, I mean, so much of that is, is based on being so small. You're, you're using static anyway. You're also using hooks. I don't know if that's... You know, spiders use static, you think, to climb Well, things? I know they use hooks, but I'm saying like uh, flies, for instance. If a fly was our size... Well, yeah, it wouldn't have some kind would, of specialized... It wouldn't be able to stick yeah. to a building. Right. The hooks right. aren't that big. It would, you know... Yeah. By the way, I don't mean to double back to what we were talking about ages ago, but... Let's do it. Isn't naming planets and naming stars effectively... What if we just start naming people? Like as a birthday present. <laughs> gonna start, happy birthday, I've, I've named a person after you. Yeah, just in the sense that anything you name is yeah. arbitrary it's and it's one level, only your... Just one level more insulting, but still. Right, like just take ownership of a person on the street. Yeah. <laughs> just, I... Hey, you know that uh, hobo that always hangs out by the Starbucks? I named that guy. What'd you name him? Yeah, I named him Andy. Oh, I named him for thank you, you. Buddy. Oh, thank you, Jesse. Oh, thank you're you. so welcome, Andy. Oh, my God. I feel like, did I, did I pull us off of a, an actual story? Or are we still talking about the fish eating We were spiders? talking about fish eating spiders. The pictures, by the way, I didn't even realize as I was scanning through the article that every one of those pictures also has a fish in it. I thought they were just super creepy looking spiders. Like, oh, no, these are all in process of eating fish. And that's why they look extra big and terrifying. Bugs are... Why are they so terrifying to why, us? What is it about the eight legs? They're so alien. Yeah. And why is it that we eat crabs when they're just like giant sea spiders? No well, one's grossed yeah, out I find, by crabs, I, but there's I find, spiders, right? I find crabs to be rather creepy. Absolutely. But delicious. But crustaceans are really similar to arachnids. Right. Like, think a scorpion versus a, and a crab. I mean, that's almost or a scorpion and a lobster, sort of. Yeah. The tail goes the opposite direction, but it's kind of similar, right? Scorpion and lobster, yeah. Scorpion, lobster, crab, spider. Think about it, guys. Next time you're going to red, red scorpion. What What do you think it would be like if a scorpion and a lobster hooked up? Ooh, scorpion and lobster. Well, the tail would just be straight. It'd be a little bit crooked. It'd just be straight because one of them goes up, one of them goes down, and the the kid's t- tail would just be straight. Uh, a scorpion lobster hybrid. A scops. Scopster. I don't know. I don't know what l- it'd be. Scorpion. Uh, how How weird would a growler bear be? That couldn't happen. <laughs> Well, I Andy, am, I am incredulous. Andy, uh, turns out that um, scientists have seen the future, and it's growler bears. I thought my the friend. future was uh, cryogenic freezing of also okay, growler okay. bears. Is this the article that Morgan Perrin sent in with a with yes. a disclaimer that it might be bullshit? <laughs> oh, really? Is that what it says? I'm on Let's a different. Let's look at the URL. Hold on a second. I'm on a different link than you guys. Oh. Nautil.us. Nautil.us. I don't know. Which is I don't know about that. Nautilus. 
Guys, well, grizzly bears and polar bears are hooking up. That's the okay. That's let's 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 do this as though it were uh, a thought experiment. Let's let's take this to its logic. Let's go through the article and then decide. I mean, the picture it's been illustrated with a half and half Victor Victoria type drawing it could of what a growler bear would look like. Uh, picture also like white on one side and black on the other. Looks like the bear is just lit from one side really starkly. You know, the other side's just in, in the shadows. Yeah, like it's the Polar Bears album cover. Yeah. <laughs> Put three more next to him and you got like with the Polar Bears, right? Oh, here's a dumb showbiz thing that's always bothered me. Um, not a showbiz thing, but I mean like a fact-checking thing. Is the uh, holiday season Coca-Cola commercials. The delightfully uh, where non-murdery. Not only that, but they hang with penguins. You see <laughs> the one where the be pe- buddies. penguins were having a... They're, they're on literally polar opposites of the world. <laughs> They could not live further apart. Right, right. But you have, uh, you would always have the penguins having a party, you know, or there was one where like the penguins were having a party and drinking Cokes and the polar bear accidentally slides down, you know, and, and lands in the penguin party and everyone looks real freaked out and it's awkward and then they just hand the polar bear a Coke and then they're all oh, friends yeah. and, you know, you see uh, the Aurora Borealis mm-hmm. overhead, which that's not, that's not there either. It's just, well, it's at one of the two places, right? Sure, or sure. It, 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 I think it's, it's below it's the Austra- Australis. If it's there's there are ones that both pull, there's the Aurora, Aust- but even yeah, they Austral- do have Aust- auroras. No, absolutely, but even then, the Northern Lights, the belt right. is still below where polar the, bears if you're at exist. The pole, the, oh, okay, I'll I'll trust you on this. One. It's not yes. direct pole. I'll trust it's, you it's when a, you say that the Coca-Cola polar bear ads are less than factually accurate. You never believe I'm, me on things. <laughs> I was right about Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I got bear knowledge. Wait, do I really not? I maybe I don't. I'm a natural skeptic. That's why we started this podcast. You're particularly skeptic of Maybe skeptical of me, though. And it's gotten worse <laughs> since we've lived together. Is that I, true? Yeah, I think you used to you used to buy what I said a lot. I'm a dick. No, you just you've learned how much of an idiot I am, <laughs> no. which is fair. It's completely fair. But most of the time, these things that you that I'm like, what turn out to be true. So from now on, let's just. No, I'm going like, to resist my natural skeptical inclinations. No, I don't want you to trust. I don't want I'm you to, trust buddy. You from now, why can I trust you? Okay, do it. Can, can I, I bring, silent. Anyway, can I bring weird... up a story that's kind of fun that relates to the party you had over the weekend? Sure. The Shh. weird thing about having a foot-long cock, though, Andy, okay. is I'm going to tell you... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be even so, we're, sci- not, we're not doing the growler bear thing. Then. I don't know. Right. No. That may or may not be growler bears. <laughs> it seems okay. very speculative. Grizzly plus polar equals... You get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to the new scientists this week, uh, drinking alcohol improves your sense of smell in moderation. Interesting. Uh, yeah. What? It says, uh, it's well known that we can improve our sense of smell through practice. I didn't know that was well known. I wasn't aware of I that. I didn't. Yes. For well-known things, that was not known to me. A few people have also experienced a boost after drug use or brain damage. This suggests our sensitivity to smell may be dampened by some sort of inhibition in the brain, which can be lifted under some circumstances. Says Yara Endevelt of the Weizmann Institute of Science in, in Rehovot, Israel. Yara is always saying that. To explore this notion, Endevelt and her colleagues investigated whether drinking alcohol, known to lower inhibitory signals in the brain, affected the sense of smell. In one odor discrimination test, 20 volunteers were asked to smell three different liquids. Two were a mixture of the same six odors. The third contained a similar mixture with one odor replaced. Okay, so these are three very similar smelling liquids. Uh, two identical, one marginally different. Each volunteer was given two seconds to smell each of the liquids and say which one was the old one out. The test was repeated six times with each of the three trios of liquids. 
They were then given a drink that consisted of 35 milliliters of vodka and sweetened grape juice, or the juice alone, before repeating the experiment with the same set of liquids. In a second experiment with a similar drinking structure, the same volunteers were asked which of the three liquids had a rose-like odor. The researchers increased the concentration of the odor until the volunteers got the right answer three times in a row. So they're just showing the methodology there. They then tested the senses of people in pubs around the cities of Rehovot and Her- Herzliya. 45 volunteers were asked to perform a scratch-to-sniff test in which they had to identify which of three odor compounds was different from the other two. Across all three experiments, the team found a correlation between a person's blood alcohol level and a score on tests of odor detection and discrimination. But while low levels of alcohol improve performance... Too much. Okay, this about, is, uh, here we are. About two units within an hour for women and three for men led to a significant reduction in sense of smell. So it's it's like uh, bowling and dart skills. Yeah. So like exactly. Yeah. So like one beer and you you're yeah. set, and then you you go you have that extra beer and you tip off over the edge. Because yeah, I know some smelly drunks, and yeah. I would have thought the opposite. But yeah, so as you get to a certain point, you're not going to know that you've slept in the same clothes for four days. And... Right. right. Interesting. So I wonder if there's any. Well, I guess they said further in the article, uh, they hope to use brain scans to identify the mechanisms underlying this effect. And if they know more about this, um, then it could shed, shed light on why some people lose their sense of smell and may be helpful for other kinds of olfactory loss. Yeah, so anyone who's entering a smelling competition at any point over the next week or two, or even in the future if you remember the story, uh, one to one and a half beers. And that's it. That's no it. more. No, or or I, a uh, large glass of wine. I wish I knew that before my last smelling competition. Yeah. Right. You can't go to those sober. Don't go in sober, but also don't go in. It roughly correlates to the drink driving limit. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. roughly the same amount of alcohol. In it fact, is. that's how you can test if you're not good to drive. Carry around a small piece of poop in your pocket, and well, if it starts, the smell starts fading for you, then you're too drunk to drive. Well, you need to carry around like three pieces of poop, two that are ident- from identical shits. Right. And then a third one from a different shit and see if you could tell the difference. Yeah. Out. Bring your slightly less drunk Israeli friend who will be able to do this. Yeah. Wait, why? That's where this study was. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I'm proud that we all avoided all the jokes there. Yes, there's no jokes to make. <laughs> Is something happening over there? It- no, I don't oh, think okay. so. Yeah. No, I think everything's good. Good. Excellent. Um, yeah, this is a. Uh, oh, this also kind of reminds me of. I don't have a story at, at the ready, but uh, have you guys heard about how pe- parents are like hiring drug sniffing dogs to find their kid's pot? No, I've not heard that. Heard that. That's Makes a story sense. that's been making the rounds. Makes perfect sense. Not, not sciencey, but just kind of like. Is it like parents who want to get high or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most expensive way to get pot <laughs> renting, seeking out a drug sniffing dog. Yeah. Wait, but wouldn't they just. I mean, I know we're joking here, but wouldn't they just take it? I assume a police officer has to show up with the drug sniffing dog. I'm looking it up right are now because I want to see if it's. Private a, drug sniffing dogs I'm where sure, you get to do whatever you want with the drugs? I bet there are private drug sniffing dogs. Because you can get private drug tests. You can buy them from the uh, pharmacy now. Sure. Just, just off the shelf. Okay, I realized where I saw this and it was the Onion. But not the Onion fake articles, but they're. The AV Club? No, the man on the street things, which are all like real stories, and they get the three jokey comments. Oh, okay. So this is like true premise, and here are the jokes. Right. But they they cited um, NPR. Okay, yeah, no. Okay, the NPR study. Again, I'm not saying this is science, but interesting. Um, drug sniffing dogs ease parents' minds or confirm their fears. So this is a thing that's happening. People are are hiring. Yeah, is it well, through it police or not? it definitely confirms the kids' fears that their parents are nuts. Right. <laughs> no, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I'm trying to see Jesus. if this is a private company or if you do have to call a... Uh, they have those, the trace- discreet intervention is the business that this guy started. <laughs> discreet intervention. He was a former dog trainer. He offers parents the tools of police without the risk of prosecution or prison. Everything is confidential. Oh, what a dick. Wow. <laughs> 300 bucks. They have those tracing All right, this is discreetintervention.com <laughs> for all your dog needs. <laughs> do you need, uh, you need drugs, bombs, or backflips? Got three types of dogs. <laughs> Does your kid throw frisbee too much? Because if he does, this dog will find out. Because he'll be there. Your kid always throwing a frisbee. What's going on? Does your child lack adorability in his life? <laughs> oh, hey, God. all right. So, I hate to tell you this. Your kid, uh, your kid either does a lot of cocaine or he just kind of smells like bacon. So. <laughs> Either way, it's good. you need to fix that. You need to fix that discreetly. <laughs> <laughs> He's also pulling out like a little airplane bottle of vodka into Fido's dish before he goes in to do this nothing, obviously. Yep. Oh, yeah, so he can smell better. Right. Good callback. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nailed it. Tom Robichaud is the guy running. Hey, discreet. Oh, who would have thought he's got like wraparound Oakleys with a thing that ties around the back of his neck? So I can oh my, what a exactly douche! What you'd picture from this guy, yeah. Well, you know they have those, those uh, bracelets now that are tracking bracelets that people have for their kids that aren't removable. What? Like they, the parents have the key to like remove RFID it. things, or that track like things about their bio, like thing. Like no, track track where, where they, they are. are. Oh God, it's just crazy. I mean, they had that thing. They had the GPS thing in the phones, but kids were getting around that. So they have to upgrade it. Yeah. Like kids would literally just leave their phone somewhere discreet in a library mm. and then go like smoke pot and finger bang each other and then come back and get their phone. Smart. And their parents are like, oh, you've been at the library for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Another of a thousand reasons that I'm glad I didn't grow up right now. Like I know every generation is like kids these days, but I'm not saying the kids. I'm just saying like, I oh, would, it's not the kids fault. Yeah. I would hate I'm, the technology. I would hate it. Like going through high school with social media. Oh, holy shit. Brutal, dude. Well, I'm even glad like, things like YouTube wasn't a thing Me too. when I was doing my first open mics. Yeah. Like when oh, I was doing yeah. my first gigs and I was bad. Like it just Because I see people now uploading posting their first like, stand-up their, shows. Yeah, or like they've been going for less than six months and they're posting their links online. And you just go, you don't... Yeah. I know you. if you post it yourself, you can take it down if no one else copies it, but... You probably don't want your very first. Right. It's not as good as you it's think like it you're is. You're too bad to even know how bad you are. Yeah, because I, I remember like some of my earlier material. I'm like, God, I can't imagine a gig where I wouldn't do this joke. Right. <laughs> like I, I'll replace some of my material, but this, this joke, I, like, be... I can't imagine finding writing something that will replace. Yeah. My haircut bit. Yeah. That I can't even remember how it went now, but I remember the, if it wasn't good. No, I know, <laughs> I know, buddy. Yeah, about your bit, I was always great. Yeah, yeah, always right. perfect. No, there, there's a little bit of reverses of that, like, um, you know, like, well, like right now it's just for laughs, the just for laughs festival was just in announced. Montreal, or yeah, yes, and the new phase were just announced, and and you know, but it's like when I did that, uh, it was right before Twitter came out, and it was just like, fuck, I wish Twitter was around just to get a little more heat from it, just to get sort of the like, yeah. it, more people would read it and it would get passed around, you know, but it was kind of the old analog like hearsay method, which yeah. is great. But I yeah, th- Twitter predated me being on Last Comic Standing by about a year, so all the people I would have picked up by every episode I was on. Oh, you mean instead? The I, other way you mean outdated or, or you, predates? Sorry, yeah. you were on came before. after. Sorry, I mean post eighty. Yeah. yeah, 
last Comic Standing predated Twitter. Of the app, my season, my so I've got a lot of MySpace friends that dude, right. are of no use. I did I did last comic standing before Facebook, right? I was on MySpace. It was yeah. it's all MySpace. yeah, same. I've got like I've got several thousand MySpace f- friends that are of no use. Hey, now. have our, you guys seen our Boyhood? Credits yet? are relevant again. How about that? Was that? Or you have newer credits. My credits yeah. are relevant again. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. I love when they bring back a show, and then you're like, oh, I did that when I... Oh, my credits are relevant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we yeah I'm the only person on this podcast who hasn't been on You've been on, on a lot of stuff. No, no, no. But I mean, you both were on Last Comic Standing, Brooks on SNL. I'm the only non-network television. Guys, I'm just Andy, gonna... you've been in Birdemic. <sighs> I, I, I didn't even talk about this. I didn't get to be in I Am Comic because I was too busy at the festival. So I didn't mention Jordan emailed me out of the blue before the second year of Bridgetown happened to ask if he can come film some stuff. And I guess this is a reason to just say yes to everything in life. Cause I was like, I don't know who this guy, not I just didn't everything. know everything. No, not everything, but a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, I was too busy with the planning to even Google him. I was just like, I guess having a camera going is better than not. I didn't have, I thought it was a very fly by night. I didn't assume it was going to be a real thing. Right. And then a year later it comes out and it's a great, well-made feature film with like dozens of the biggest names in comedy. And he kept trying to get me to do an interview during Bridgetown during that weekend while he was filming with like Janine Garofalo and Todd Glass and Chris Hardwick. And I was just like, I'm too busy. I got to make sure all these shows are running. I'm like, why didn't I, I would have been in this really good movie about doing stand-up comedy, right. but I was just like, I, I, we didn't get to, you know, he had to take off so quick. We didn't get to talk about it, but I, I have the exact same, I have a very similar thing there where, I got an email, not from him, but I got an email like, hey, can I suggest you to this guy? His name's Jordan. He's making a documentary, but he's looking for comics that are like middles right now that are doing the road. And, you oh, know, you know, man. Sort of, sort of the Glazer spot. Yeah. Which, no, I mean, he like found her. She still would have done all that. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying like um, I had just done a documentary but it was like a college film right. bullshit. It's nothing hard to happened. know before something comes out that it's like a legitimate thing. Yeah. Know? So I just I said like no, I'm I'm not really interested. Like I just kind of want to do my show solo this week. Like whatever. Oh, and then man. then there we are. Um, there we are. Here's here's some bad and then better news. All right. So uh, it both relates to HIV. I think we covered. In fact, we definitely covered. I think it was back in episode around episode sixty that there was a possible some kids who were cured from HIV, some babies who were yes. born potentially HIV positive, treated early with antiretroviral drugs, uh, and they seem to be le- seem to have left their system. The bad news is that might not, not be the case. Ah. Still very much suppressed, but in one of the cases, the HIV has come back. Which mm. sucks. Um, it's not good. And it turns out, turns out, in general, early HIV drugs may not stop the virus. The virus is just... Um, the trouble with the virus is it hides in uh, these reservoirs, uh, the in the particularly in the gut and brain tissue, and it turns out it gets there extraordinarily quickly after initial infection, which is the problem. So the Mississippi baby, the so-called Mississippi baby, was given HIV drugs for the first eighteen months of her life. Uh, and then they were stopped, and initially the virus did not return, and there was hope she'd been effectively cured. But last week it was announced that the girl, now four years old, was no longer in remission after nearly two years off the drug. Mm. Which sucks, that's shitty. Um, although it still is great that they can be kept controlled so well, but it turns out early treatment may not prevent reservoir seeding, which is what it's called when the the vial reservoir gets seeded with the, uh, with the virus. Uh, 
they did highlight in this study, they highlighted um, it has been consistently shown to reduce the size of re- the reservoir. Sorry, I'm doubling back. But they highlighted significant differences between these experiments and the human HIV infection, but concluded that the findings suggest new approaches in addition to early treatment will be necessary to eradicate HIV infection. So that's the shitty news. Mm-hmm. Here, also on BBC News website, is a potentially good news story that came out yesterday. They're uh, required. It's like has to be fair and balanced. For every bad AIDS story, yeah, you have absolutely. to put a good AIDS story. Yeah. Yeah. Which might remind me about that in a second. We might talk Fascinating about that. that it can go the in fair remission. And balanced thing. Like sort of remission, though. I had no idea. But scientists say they've made an exciting step towards curbing HIV by forcing the virus out of hiding. So this is the exact <laughs> awesome problem. if they said a boring step. Yeah. <laughs> We've made a very boring step in the HIV research today. Uh, <laughs> very quotidian step. Uh, so it says, early stage research in six people, which was reported at the A's 2014 conference. That's not the one in Malaysia, is it? No, that's in Melbourne. But I wonder if that is the thing that... You know, like, oh yeah, yeah. Some of the AIDS researchers were on the plane. Fucking horrible. Uh, but early stage research shows that low dose chemotherapy can awaken the virus, which seems like a dangerous thing to do. Like this virus is hiding, and you're like, you're basically it's like getting the angry bear out of the cage. It's like to in, use that, it. in that Friday the Thirteenth sequel when they they want to make sure Jason's the dead. And they go dig up his grave just to like stab him a few more times to make sure, sure, sure that he's dead. Then Extra they leave, sure. They leave the metal spike they stabbed him with in his chest. And then, of course, lightning strikes that spike. Like, you just did this to yourself. Right. Um, and he comes back to life. So it's exactly like that. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> yeah. that's analogous. Thank you. Uh, so it says experts said it was a promising start, but it was unlikely the drug would work on its own to cure HIV. Antiviral drugs can drive HIV down to undetectable levels in the bloodstream, meaning people who are HIV positive can have a near normal life expectancy. But there is a problem. HIV can incorporate its DNA into our own, where it lies beyond the reach of drugs and the immune system, which oh, is known as the Jesus. HIV reservoir. What is, what is That's what no super idea. evil virus. Evil, this sneaky, is. sneaky virus. Um, when the drug treatment stops, the virus can leap out of the reservoir. Uh, That's a bit of an active phrase for and renew its assault. International research is aimed at flushing the virus out of its reservoirs. Uh, a team at our house university, uh, it's named a very, after very, the... very, fine house. Yeah, named after yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> it so, is weird that university's in the middle of our street. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> tried using a chemotherapy drug, uh, Romidepsin, <laughs> which is used in lymphoma. Just get it? No, bit. no. I, I just love that it's like... There's no way you could pronounce that. It's A A R H A U S. It's definitely our house. Yeah. Our house. You know it's our house. Yeah. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, so, uh, six HIV patients with undetectable levels of the virus were enrolled into the trial. They each re- received a reduced tr- dose of um, Romidepsin once a week for three weeks. There was a noticeable jump in viral levels in the blood of five of the patients. This is the increase. Yeah, yeah this is the waking bad. up. Jason. Wake, waking up bit. Uh, HIV angry. One of the scientists involved, Dr. Ole Sogard, told the BBC, each step forward is always exciting, and I think this is quite important. It doesn't... So, it, it does say there's an increase in the virus, and it, yeah, it assumes what, it's kicking good, out of the this virus. This is a good story, right? Yeah, okay, it, this it's is the good story. <laughs> it's not I'm from not just sure. reducing the effect of the antiretroviral drugs. Uh, huh. We've shown it's possible to kick the virus out of the cells. The next step is to actually kill the cells. Uh, I guess I didn't get how this would be good because I thought that, okay, you're getting it to increase the viral levels so it's creating... 
So it, it seems looks. like whatever where the source was is not going to be fixed though. You're just scared it out, then you're going to kill what it scared out, but then the DNA that it affected is still there to produce well, more. Just or am I not? on it says another looming question is which reservoirs are being successfully targeted. HIV can hide in immune systems cells in the blood, but there are bigger reservoirs in the gut and central nervous systems, and it's not clear whether they are activated by the blood-based chemotherapy. Um, Romadepsin works by relaxing tight, coiled-up bundles of DNA. This exposes the hidden HIV genetic code and leads to the productions of new viruses. Uh, as a proof of concept, it does look promising, said Dr. Andrew Friedman, a reader in infectious diseases at Cardiff, Cardiff University. The search for a cure is very much on. It's not going to be easy, and it's unlikely a single drug like this would be sufficient. Right. There's a lot of doubt it would be enough to deplete the reservoir completely. Most people think a single approach will not be enough. A drug like this perhaps needs to be combined with vaccines or even gene therapy. Mm. So it is a step forward. It's a step. I guess. And we're calling it an exciting step. Yeah, That's what they called it. Um, Guys... You know, about that time. It is. I do, uh, I would like to, in, almost like the nightly news, they sort of end with a lighter piece, mm-hmm. a very short, light piece. You know, yeah, sometimes sure. there's something about a... Uh, uh, water skiing squirrel. Water nice ski- thing to cheer people up when they go to the, uh, water the website. Mm-hmm. Something you like can, that. You can add the link to that on the website, right? Oh, I oh can, yeah. You know what? I can add whatever I want. Really? No, no. It's you can add links and everything. simple. It's simple. I can do whatever I want with probablyscience.com. You know why? Why, why is that, Andy? It's powered by Squarespace. They make it simple. They make it fast and easy That's to good, create our own been website. Out. So the website's still going? <laughs> the website's still... It's independent of our power situation and our shitty living situation. There is someplace else where it's hosted. It's always going to be live. If you have wow. problems with it, they have 24-7 customer support. So uh, if one of us gets in a car wreck or something, the website's fine. The website keeps going. Wow. Unabated. Unabated. Yeah. Yeah, and you can choose from any number of uh, beautiful templates, and then they have drag and drop interfaces. It's easy to edit. Um, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no two ways about it. If you want to build a website the fast and easy way, you'll go to squarespace.com and use the offer code probably science. Nah, it sounds too expensive. Fuck that. Because you so use the affordable. offer code probably science because that lets that accepts them into the Squarespace club. There's they, no club. You don't have to. You don't even need a credit card for a trial. Huh. Where are the meetings? There's no meetings, Jesse. This is all happening online. This is all in the virtual cloud. Wow. So the website is active. Have you ever seen Virtuosity? 24 the, hours the a net, day. The Sandra Bullock movie, The Net. Yeah, with Pierce Brosnan? I think so. Yeah. I don't think I've actually seen it. <laughs> oh, Pierce. Was that a scare movie? Was that a movie to get people to be like, Yeah, yeah, you got to be afraid of the internet. It's going to be, yeah, absolutely. what happens in it? Absolutely. I just remember Pierce Brosnan uh, takes her on a boat, and he's going to like kill her on this boat. Is it a net boat? Uh, it's an internet boat. Okay. He takes her out in this boat, and she sees uh, his gun, and she's like, why Why do you have a gun? And he's like, I, I hunt sharks. And I just remember being like- Is this real? Yeah. This is in a movie about the internet. Yeah, and I remember being like, this is the dumbest fucking thing i like I've ever seen. like 95, probably? Yeah. It was, uh, so what's your story, Jesse? What's off Okay, so Squarespace.com. Go do Squarespace. it. Squarespace.com? Well, you know, let's say, for instance, you go to Squarespace.com, right? Use offer code probably science. Use offer code probably science. You just saved yourself so much money right. by doing that. Maybe maybe that gets you on a roll, and you're like, you know what? Now I want to make some money. Mm-hmm. I want to make some money. Of what course. are you going to do? Obviously, going to do- donate some sperm. That's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, a Chinese hospital in Nanjing, which is capital of the Jiangsu, uh, Jiangsu province, has introduced a new machine that makes sperm donation even easier. Thank it's an, God. It's an automatic sperm extractor. Oh, hands free, guys. The What's- effortless machine. Features a massage pipe that can be adjusted to suit the height of the user. 
All the gentleman has to do is plug in the frequency, amplitude, and temperature, and off they go. It's also fitted with a small screen on top of it for those uninspired. This screen is loaded with pornography. Okay. And all you do is uh, stand there. According to the director of the urology department this of the hospital... This is a Japanese machine, isn't it? So Chinese. Chinese, okay. Yeah. Uh, according to the director of the urology department of... Uh, no, if it was a Japanese machine, it would be uh, a bunch of holes around it, and then just all the guys at once. With a <laughs> hole in the middle. Um, it would be shaped like an octopus for some reason. <laughs> according to the g- director of the urology department of the hospital, the machine is designed to help individuals that are finding it difficult to retrieve sperm the old-fashioned way... Um, so yeah, it's basically, it just looks like a, I don't know, like a space heater mm-hmm. with a hole in the side. Oh, it looks like a scale. So the old fashioned like way is to go down to your friendly, uh, mom and pop sperm extractor right. on the yeah. corner of your street. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, some of, uh, great comments on the thread. I haven't heard the comments yet. I, for a second, you, can, you plug in the frequency, amplitude, and temperature. Um, and as soon as this article came out, OKCupid added those as uh, as person's <laughs> traits. You can yeah. to. <laughs> I'm like a, like a five megahertz girl. Uh, well, megahertz that'd be insane. No, no, maybe <laughs> yeah, you can't go megahertz. Well, not even that would megahertz. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Kylas on the thread. This is Kylas says, okay. if I wanted to stick my penis in a hole that every other guy's been in, I just call up my ex girlfriend. Then he says, hey yo. <laughs> 1,209 likes. This is uh, <laughs> it's the world we live in. Professor It's the Kylis. world we live in, people. Yes. <laughs> 1,209. <laughs> Do you think that was from all the other guys? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's from all the other guys. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, like Kylas. He mm. is a laugh. Ah, uh, love him. And Croc down below writes, in Afghanistan, they use goats. True story of seeing the video. 61 likes. 61. Oh, so- 61 likes for a... Uh, do you reckon it's for the racism or for the... I don't know. Or for sure. the bestiality? Which aspect of that I don't do you reckon know. people are particularly giving the thumbs up to? I think people just agreeing that goats are the best, the most realistic. Uh, um, someone else said this is Obama's fault. Good, um, good of them. Mm-hmm. Good of them. This is Obama's fault. And did anyone on that thread tell you a fast and easy way to earn money from the <laughs> comfort of your own home? I wish. Oh, by the way, I, did, I just posted a video uh, about the one weird simple trick... That Morrissey doesn't want you to know about. Oh, yeah. This, you is, and this is a good one. You guys should all check this out. If you want to go to YouTube.com slash Andy T. Wood, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. I, I cracked the code on how every Morrissey song sounds the same. I was like, why is this? And I realized there's an actual like music theory reason. And I ah, explained that. Yeah. He cracked the Morrissey code. I did. Nice. Look, at what else should uh, people, our listeners, be looking up of your stuff? People Andy? should still go to iTunes. Or actually, the best way, I guess, to do this would be go to Amazon via first clicking on the link on our site. And look up Jason Nash's Married, the movie that I produced and briefly acted in with uh, past guest of the show, Jason Nash. It's, it's really doing well on iTunes. I was surprised at how... I'm not surprised because it's a really good movie with a great cast, including uh, Busy Phillips, Sandy Richter, sure. um, Rob Corddry, Paul F. Tompkins, T.J. Miller, tons of great people. Great cast. But it's doing really well, and uh, I, I want to get the word out even more. So uh, if you've already watched it, recommend it to a friend, uh, gift it on iTunes or Amazon, Jason Nash is Married. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be all three of us plus... Some special guests at the LA Podcast Festival. Yes, absolutely, and that's it's happening September 26th through the 28th at the Sofitel Hotel in Beverly Hills. Tickets and information at LAPodfest.com. We've got 35 podcasts lined up, including um, Jay Morris, Doug Benson, Aisha Tyler's, Jimmy Pardo's. Lots of fun stuff, and we'll have um, some great surprise guests for the live installment. 
Uh, past guest of the show, April Richardson, is going to be doing her final episode of Go Bayside, where she reviews Saved by the Bell episodes. Fingers crossed with a very special guest who you could probably guess based on that podcast's theme, but isn't confirmed yet. So I'm hoping that happens. Oh, is it Satan? <laughs> it's, yes. Is it? Uh, is it the original Bell? <laughs> the Bell. <laughs> they did. They've been preserving it all this time. They said, had to, the Bell saving process has been going on. Wow. Uh, yeah, so elliotpodfest.com. Uh, Guys, write us in. Two months. Write, you know? write to us also. Give us a good review on iTunes. It helps immensely. It really does. Uh, that really helps people find out about us, helps boost our rankings. Just even clicking on the star thing helps, but when you write reviews, that really boosts us. Subscriptions help. Subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Tell other people. Any questions, comments, clarifications, you can email us, probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. I'm going to be doing some shows in the UK over August. I don't know exactly which ones yet, but if there's a place near you in the UK, message me. I might be doing a show there. And we will see you next week. Yes, thanks again, guys. Thank you.